0: Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out. It's your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, ask to unmute. Ahoy! Ahoy! How how are you surviving in your 1935?
1: Well, uh, you know,
0: it's a little hot. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Our, I didn't tell you this, but our, our, I found out our local schools canceled until next Monday.
1: <laughs> they were, okay. That just makes me angry now. Get yeah, out of here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really debated on telling you. And then I, I figured I should probably full disclosure. Nah, I mean, we're under an excessive heat warning
1: until mm-hmm. I think Thursday night, right? Oof. Like, yeah. You know, listeners, for context, it is currently almost nine o'clock at night. The feels like temperature is ninety four degrees.
2: Okay. Gross. It's disgusting. And still no air conditioner for me.
3: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so it's lovely. It's lovely today. Feels like temperature
0: hundred and three. Hmm. Oh, but yeah. you were staying cool with a with a well, bucket of ice and a fan, ish, right? Right?
1: Ah, uh, yes. So, listeners,
0: my plan today
1: was I sent Colin a text message that said, "Today I'm gonna party like it's 1935." And so <laughs> I was singing uh, the Prince, yeah. I was singing the Prince song in my head as I was typing typing that right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I they brought me some big box fans, which you know. Don't really help very much. So I thought, I have to do something. So I took a big giant bucket of ice and I stuck it in front of my fan. (laughs) Right?
2: Now, I was, as a science teacher,
1: I was somewhat scientific about this. I decided, what? How will I know if this is working? So I took a thermometer and I put one thermometer. I have a thermometer behind my desk. Right, as one does, as one does. Who doesn't? Does I mean, everybody should do that, it's fine. But then I had another, I dug out one of my small thermometers and I put it about five feet in front of the fan with the ice. Uh, Uh, and I waited about 30 minutes, and the temperature was about two degrees colder, so it wasn't really that much, but it
0: was colder. <laughs> I mean that is something. Can't is don't something, discount right? two degrees. Two degrees when it's a hundred and three yeah. outside. You know, True. my room temperature was eighty. Okay. Well that's right. This
1: afternoon it was like it was in the morning. It was about eighty degrees. This afternoon it was it gets up to like eighty four eighty five. Ooh, yeah. It's not pleasant. And it's no. humid in there. Tomorrow I'm gonna take my little sling psychrometer. <laughs> And I should to <gasps> measure the humidity in my classroom. <laughs> gonna, That's necessary. I'm going to calculate the feels like temperature inside my classroom with, based on my thermometer and my little thing's acrometer. That is my science project for tomorrow. Kids are going to be like reading. I'm going to be twirling a thing. Like, what
0: are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Uh. <laughs> Never you mind. Man, those are those are so cool looking. I've, like, I I how they're really fun. I Now, do you have the do you have the one where the the two pieces are flat or is it like that big block of wood that sticks out? Oh uh, yeah, so I don't have a I bought these for the
1: kids. I bought some for the kids to use la- uh, 2 years ago. Okay, so they're they're like not the I want one of the ones that looks like a level, right? It's like yeah. a big square. Looks like it should make noise when you spin it around. Like yeah. a 1930s toy. But I have the one that it's basically just two little flat thermometers that sit back to back. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you get you put the wet bulb on one and you spin it, right? But I want the one where they're like side by side. That's cool. That's yeah. just cooler. It's more sciencey looking, right? But I am definitely using a sling psychrometer tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> like that. Cuz I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, today we were talking about the scientific method and how you go about asking questions and solving problems. And I was like, Oh look, a real life example for us today to talk about. Let us look over here now. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I was pointing it, when I was like, here's my bucket. I, I, you know, I I need, what I really need is like a metal bucket (gasps) because the metal would be able to stay colder longer Uh than the plastic bucket I have. Yes. I don't have a metal bucket and I don't, Know where to get one. <laughs> mm. And so I don't really want to go through all the trouble of doing that, but uh it worked. It kind of worked. And the kids like stood in front of it and they're like, you know what? It does feel a little colder over here. It's like, you see? Yes. <laughs> Vindication. See?
2: I also uh dug out,
1: I, I took a little, I found a bottle, uh like a little, I don't know how big it is, it's like a 100 mil bottle. It's like those little just plastic 100 mil bottles that have lids on them. And uh, I filled it with water and I stuck it in the ice. I just left it in there uh, mm-hmm. so that kind of in between classes and during lunch, I would just take the bottle out and like stick it on my neck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> put it on my head. Right. And then I put it back in the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Using the high specific heat capacity of water for my benefit here. Right. right? <laughs> Keeping it cold for a long time. (laughs) Doing the thing, right? So it was like, (laughs) it's not my my solution to the problem. Gotta continue looking. I can't decide. My classroom windows are like slightly tinted, right? So I don't know if it would benefit me to put like white butcher paper over the windows anyway Mm. to get a little, make sure the light. Isn't coming in because I have the curtains, the shades drawn, you know, those just like pull-down shades, like the one in the cartoons where you it like rolls up and then like yes. Sylvester rolls up in the thing. <laughs> they're like that, right? <clears throat> so I have some of those and they're definitely closed because we're keeping all that light out of there. Get that get that heat out of there. But I don't know if putting any additional paper on the window would be a benefit to me. I mean, not. I don't think yeah,
0: it would hurt, really. <laughs> No, no. What you need to do is you need to put the you need to put you know put the tinfoil on it and then put the backing of the white paper. Oh and then, yeah, and then true. have your your curtains. Don't roll. have that much tinfoil. Oh,
1: I think I only have like one roll. Oh, and I have three windows, so that wouldn't work out. What yeah. I really need, pick your favorite students. Yeah, true. Uh, what I really need is I need to become dad, and I need a dehumidifier.
0: <laughs> you no, know, you do. You really do.
1: <laughs> It is really humid in the, in there like you could feel it. And it's really yeah. gross and it's really annoying because the second you go like in the hallway, it's better a little bit. Mm. Uh but the, I'm not the only room upstairs with no air conditioning, right? So that like the whole oh. all the rooms on my side of the hallway are are not working, right? Oh, Me no. and the math teacher and the CA teacher, all of our air is not working. <laughs> oh. So no no 6th grade class has air conditioning, right? So that's fun. Yay. But like I went downstairs uh, to go get more ice at lunch. And it was much cooler downstairs. And I was just like,
0: (laughs) you're all that cold air sinking down the stairwell. Right. Oh, no (laughs) oh angry. Well, I mean, that is one downside of running the fan across a bucket of ice is that it tends to push out a bit more humidity. Into the room as but, yeah, well. But, I mean, it was already
1: humid in there. And so, sure. like, it's like, what can it hurt? If I can lower the temperature even like half a degree, it will feel less humid.
3: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Um, so I have two fans angled. They're kind of on the same wall, but they're angled like diagonally towards the middle of the room. Just to try to get some air circulating, right? I might need to do the mimi thing and put the other fan on the other side and get the vortex going. Right, that's what she yes. does.
0: No, <laughs> and you shoot the air over there and then it shoots yeah. it over here. It
1: but I don't know if that. Was <laughs> I need a third fan if that if I was going to get that to work properly. I need another fan. But I did find the desk fan that I used for one of my science experiments, and I rigged that up to my desk, so at least. Like when I'm eating lunch or in between classes, I can at least sit down and have a fan like right directly in my face
0: <laughs> and again, at that point, every little bit helps every little bit helps, especially That's when true. you're doing something to cool it and just that air movement. Um, we do all know that sometimes there's just a three speed fan uh, three you know. i don't
2: my it's not twelve inch yeah. uh it's only two speed ah,
1: and it doesn't oscillate, but um you know it. It's fine. I it's, it's, it is. Mul- you can like. It's very uh, movable though. You can move it in all kinds of different articulating. It's a
0: two-speed articulating.
1: <laughs> that is not a catchy of a song title.
0: <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, they're gonna have to take that back to run it through a second time. Yeah, need some workshopping on that. But um,
1: I was humming that song at my desk today. Just. <laughs> Just so you know.
0: <laughs> it it's uh it's a it's a it's a it's a good one here it's in our house. Apt also. It's very <laughs> it's
1: very yes. Appropriate.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's yeah, very apt.
1: That's what I'm doing. Let's see
2: if I can make it work. I really want a dehumidifier.
1: I would settle for buckets of rock salt. That would be useful. Hey. I should ask. Mm. I should ask the maintenance guy because we have salts that we put on the parking lot. Like, hey, hey, hey can I have a bucket of salt to hey, get friend. the humidity out of this air? Yeah. I'll just, gonna I'll cover it and I'll sit over in a corner. You're going to cover it with like a towel and you sit over there. Yeah. yeah. Just put it there. That's what I want. Maybe. Hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now, was I was mul- so big that I'd probably need like four buckets.
0: <laughs> well, then I was going to ask, or, or would you need multiple smaller buckets? Or to expose more surface area. Yeah, I don't
1: really, yeah. Big yeah, maybe multiple small buckets would be okay. Just get them spread out. Mm-hmm. Right? Try to suck up some of the moisture. It's so hot in there. But then the best way to do that would probably be to close the door. But I don't want to close the door. Because one of my fans is like, I got it sitting right in the door to kind of blow air from the hallway into my room. air
0: door, yes, yes.
1: Because, I mean the air in the hallway is less hot and stagnant, so I'm trying to blow it into the room.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If I don't want to close the door, that would be bad.
3: <laughs>
2: you know? But also, maybe
1: I just need to blow my hot air out. Maybe I need to turn the fan around. Just get, get it out of here. I don't want it.
0: Well, so that's always, the, that's always the conundrum, right? Do you point the fan so that you blow the hot air out and use it as an exhaust? Yeah. Or are you trying to blow cooler air into the room? Good point. I might try
1: exhausting just periodically tomorrow, right? Just flip the fan around. What I should do, I should get another box fan, stack it on top, and have them facing in opposite directions. Hmm. I'm sure that would be totally useful, but the idea sounds funny to me. <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> Got the bottom one drawing in air and the one uh-huh. on the top pushing the air
0: out. <laughs> well, what you could do actually is um, the one on the bottom is blowing. What kind of air in cool air? So yeah. then you need to have a, a box fan that's suspended from the top of oh, your door true. frame. That's true. It needs to be about three feet higher than the bottom fan. Exhausting exhausting, exhausting the hot air out. out. I have do a full room exchange. Oh, uh-huh. yes.
3: <clears throat> I wonder if I can. <laughs> I
1: wonder if I have any string heavy enough to hang that thing off the door. Oh, I have some. I've learned about. I, some could t- t- twine. <gasps> I could braid the twine. I could braid the twine. I have twine, but I don't know if it's strong enough, but I could braid it because that will increase its strength multiple fold. Right. And then I can <clears throat> potentially hang the fan by the door and then I could spin it or I could hang it from the microwave stand like gasp. Oh man. Hmm. Hmm. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Did they give you a timeline as far as when this was going to be fixed? No, no, I have no idea.
1: Even. So I know, I know that like, like I mentioned, my air conditioner is fried. It got struck by lightning. Allegedly, Ooh. that's what they that was. That's the diagnosis. It is toasted, right? So, allegedly, they
2: have found a replacement for me, but it's in Oklahoma City or Tulsa, one
1: of those two places.
2: Ooh.
1: Um, I think maybe Oklahoma City. So, that's where it is located. <clears throat> uh, the closest distributor or whatever. I don't know. Uh but then we have to have
2: like so they if they get it,
1: it's gotta get here and then they have to figure out like a crane situation because they gotta get something to hoist it up onto the roof and hoist the old one
2: down. Obviously that's important part of this plan, right? But so getting that scheduled will be a plan. <clears throat> I told the maintenance
1: guy, I was like, look, I have a lot of sixth graders this year. So if you just get us like eight pulleys, I think we can probably make this work. <laughs> okay. look, let me talk we'll about just, leverage. Yeah, right. We can I think we can get enough force multiplication through pulleys uh that like a whole bunch of sixth graders just hoist that sucker right up there.
2: I was like, so we'll just put him to work. It'll be fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he thought that plane was funny, but I don't think anybody else would go with that.
0: Well, Um, see, that's the problem. That's why they're, you know, (laughs) in those jobs. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I don't really know
1: timeline-wise what we're looking at. Luckily, heat advisory expires this week, and it will go down to the high of only like eighty-seven.
0: Oh man! I mean. When it's basically twenty degrees cooler than what it is right now, I'll take it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's only like five
1: degrees <laughs> warmer than it's inside my classroom right now. So
2: <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, yeah, not too bad at all. Yeah. So uh you know what I
1: should have done? And I think about this too. When I left tonight, I should have just left my door open. And turn the fan around to exhaust the air out. Yeah. I should have done that. Yeah. Just left the fan on.
0: But I also know that you close your door for like security reasons and other stuff like that. Well, yeah.
1: But I mean, we don't have anything in there yet. Right. If they want that. I don't want anybody stealing my thermometers. No. See. My fossils. No. Ah. But yeah, yeah, maybe tomorrow during sometimes I'll flip that thing around experiment that way I'm gonna get some more ice just for fun because it's helpful and keeping that bottle in the, in the ice bucket was at least beneficial for me it was not for anybody huge oh. benefit to you like, don't discount that they, sure. I got a lot of questioning glances this morning I was strolling down the hallway with a bucket like what are you oh. doing I like don't worry about it it's fine I have a plan
0: Yeah, everything is fine. Why don't? Yeah, don't, it's don't mostly okay, me, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were struggling to stay cool when we went to the fair on the last day. Um, yeah, the hottest day. You mean
1: like one hundred and ten degrees? You're like, Let's go to the fair. <laughs> Why not?
0: Like, what's the worst that could happen? Heatstroke. Uh, that is that is the, you know that is the worst that could happen. I think there were a few people in the party who were kind of kind of close to that. Uh, but um, I will say that my son Noah, before we left, packed a little bag, and I said, Noah, what's in the bag?" And he said, "Well, it's going to be hot," and about five, what's about a month, about five weeks, months some change prior. Our dad had given me a bunch of those cooling rags that you're supposed to drape around your neck. Um, oh, and yeah, <clears throat> Noah, I used to have some of those. Noah, it, where did I put those? Packed <laughs> all of them in his little backpack. They're the only thing he wanted to take to the fair because he knew it was going to hot. It was going to be hot, and he knew these would help. And so I had in my backpack. Um, in my backpack at the very bottom, I had a little soft cooler that I had packed with some things and that's where I had was storing our, our water bottles um our double insulated water bottles that were just crammed full of ice and um I knew that like was trying to like map out like where the water stations are where's the free thing. here's and here's the thing here's the thing people if you visit the Missouri State Fair there's a building called like the family fun center or like the family center or whatever it is one of the only air conditioned buildings on the main drag and at the very back they have a water fountain with ice cold water that comes out of it.
1: Oh yeah. So like unless it's, it's, it, several yeah. hundred people are using it in no, which the water no, is.
0: A nobody warm. nobody does because nobody knows about this. Nobody like there was no line every time we nice. went in there to refill our water bottles. No line. And oh, yeah. So then it was like, oh my gosh. So like I'm I'm like, I was kind of that weird guy where I'm taking our uh cooling rags and like Putting them underneath the drinking fountain because it was cold. <laughs> I mean, that's what and they're then, for, you know? Yeah, like, i was like, no, I this is necessary, and like passing them out to everybody in our party and going on an adventure and exploring. But man, it was just, it was just brutal. Like the the hike around, and of course, you're out on the asphalt and this the sun, it's the heat radiating up below oh, you. Yeah. And like, and then it re- truly was where it's like oh look the wind is blowing but it's like i would rather the wind not right now actually i'd rather it's just replacing the hot air with hotter air and i'm cuz my skin is actively cooling off <laughs> with my boundary layer around my body uh so i it just <laughs> It was fine. We got to see everything that we wanted to see. Um, Nobody uh, succumbed to heat stroke. However, here is the part that um, nobody planned for. And I didn't either. Um, It's the last day of the fair. Part of the fair's fun things is that, uh, you know, it's a big area. And one of the things that they use to move people hither, there and yon are these giant uh, trams that are pulled by John Deere tractors. Yes. Um, okay. Uh so we're going and these run at regular intervals. And as we're right. going further into our time at the fair, I start noticing I'm not seeing these as many times as I was when we were here earlier. Like oh, you know, not an hour running ago, the trams. Right. No. And then I remember, oh, uh, they stopped running the trams at five on the last day. Uh, oh. it is now approaching two. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I bet- <laughs> I bet they like slow these puppies down to where they're like, we'll just have two out and then we'll have one and it'll kind of go. Well, so we talked to one of the people there and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, no, they slowly pull these out throughout the, throughout the afternoon and they just kind of run them whenever they want to. And I was like, well, we are as about as far away from our car at this exact moment as we can be. So, Uh, And given the members of my party, uh, I think I'm going to go hike back to get the car. (laughs) And then at that point, if if the tram came, that's fine. I would just go meet them at the other exit and then pick them up right there as opposed to having to take another one into the. Yeah. yeah. But you could take the tram to the car and then meet them on the side. Yeah. But if a tram did not arrive, I would just come and meet them up at this other entrance slash exit with the car. And that's exactly what happened because all the transit stopped. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Yes. So we got rescued out of there. And I will say the methodology of keeping the uh, insulated uh, and we refilled these these insulated uh, like little thermostat water bottles several times um, throughout the course of this. Like they were emptied and refilled a lot. Um both of them still had uh, ice in them at the end of the day. So nice. I was very impressed with these things. Very impressed. That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty handy. I like it. Yeah. So we, we survive the heat. Uh, that's good. And... That's, that's
1: the other problem I'm having, right? is like, how do I dress for heat inside?
0: <laughs> yes. Right?
1: Like, how do I prepare for this? I don't know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Cause we're <laughs> like it's so hot that we're not going out to recess. Yeah, right. Number one, it's just it's a literally like extreme heat warning. So mm. that's no good. Number two, it's not like we have a air conditioned room to come back inside to. Right, right. It's all so just it'd be gross. like we'll be outside getting hot. We'll come inside where it's hot. This is not a good idea. Right. So we have to stay inside all day. So it's like, how do you dress for heat? Indoors, <laughs> this is not, this is not something I planned for. I don't have a wardrobe
0: conducive to this. Yeah, you don't have like those sport tech, um, like ultra, um, like wicking t-shirts, and yeah, like, I
1: have a couple polos that are like golf style. They're like really thin, right? They're like a meshy thing. So they're not like mesh, like not like that, but like they're like a lightweight, sporty kind of like polo. So I have those. I have a linen shirt that I just bought. That's handy, right? Like a short sleeve linen shirt. But like the annoying part, here's something I was thinking about today. <laughs> uh,
2: I, through this flawed logic
1: that I totally came up with right now, um, I am the only person in the entire elementary school, that is required to wear pants. Uh, yeah,
2: oh, yeah! Because there are only two male teachers in the elementary this year, uh-huh. and one of them is the PE teacher, who does not have a dress code. Really? Oh, no, right. PE, <laughs> yeah.
1: All the other teachers are women, and now while pants are part of the dress code, most of them this week have been wearing like sundresses and stuff yeah obviously because it's a thousand degrees everywhere right and so it dawned on me that <laughs> i am the only person oh no in the entire elementary school that is required to wear long pants i'm <laughs> so sorry it's a terrible so i mean obviously today i like Especially during my plan time, I was just like Huck Finn style. I just rolled my pants right up. Like, I don't even care. I'm <laughs> No, you,
0: No, you need to bring up bring back, I'm telling you, zip-offs. You gotta bring the zip-offs, and then yeah, well, I don't you have can just zip them off and let them like hang around
1: your shoes. And <laughs> the other thing was the principal was like, Oh yeah, you know, this is like in in teacher land, right? Listeners who are not in the education field, right? In teacher land, the biggest reward possible is to wear jeans to work. Right? This is like the go-to because all teachers want to wear jeans. They never let you, but everybody wants to. Right? So, she was like, the principal was like, oh, you can wear jeans. And I was thinking, that's going to be even hotter than my pants. (laughs) Why? Because, like, my dress pants are lighter weight material than denim. (laughs) So, so, uh, it's eighty four percent humidity outside. Okay,
0: why on earth would mm-hmm. I want to wear denim anywhere? No, that's terrible. That's <laughs> that's a bad idea. I was like,
1: mm, F- fired
0: immediately. No, I'm just gonna you.
1: wear. I'm gonna wear my normal dress pants because they're a lighter weight material than my jeans. So I just <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I'm going to wear my school T-shirt today because it's like we on Wednesdays, we wear the school T-shirt or whatever. I was like, I'm going to wear my T-shirt today, but I'm just going to wear my normal dress pants because no. (laughs) these reasons fight me, right?
0: Yeah. I was good to do it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's, I mean, yeah. Wait a minute. I I... I was like, this is a bad plan. Like, if it was wintertime
1: and it was like real cold. They're like, you can do that. That makes sense to me. Right. Denim is sure. not like a lightweight fabric. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's marketed as like tough and rugged. Okay. The Levi's logo is two mules not being able to pull the jeans apart. Right. If you ever looked at it, that's what the Levi's logo is people. Because it, it's for mining and like tough and rugged and 49ers and gold rush. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not to be destroyed. Right. So they're like tough, rugged, thick. Why would you want to wear that when it's 110? But they're still breathable. They're, they're breathable. not. They're not, though. Have you ever worn soggy jeans? Oh. Have <laughs> <Right. laughs> you ever been out in the rain in denim? Literally the worst. Is that a pleasant experience? No. I have <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember do you remember the swim test? you mm-hmm. had to jump in the pool wearing your clothes
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? you remember that right so that's <laughs> It's wonderful <laughs> so that's it's it would be like that walking around in eighty four percent humidity. It would be like the swim test for what was that like there's a swimming merit badge, I guess, yeah, in uh, boy Scouts listeners, we had to jump in a pool fully clothed and like makeshift fashion. flotation out of our clothing. Yep. Right. Uh, Blue jeans. Like jeans and a long sleeve shirt. It's fun. In a swimming pool. There you go. That's I didn't know about this test and they made me jump in in jeans and a sweatshirt. (laughs) Uh, Like a jersey like a Russell, you know, starter old school starter like sweatshirt. Like uh here's this jump in. (laughs) No. (laughs) Right to the bottom. Right. But that's what it's like when you're walking around 84% humidity. Jeez. That's the image of my head
0: is that swim test at summer camp. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, just like you said, like imagine now teaching like that all day long. Why not? Why wouldn't that be fun?
1: Oh yeah, true. Teaching in humidity drenched jeans. So I pass on that, wearing my normal dress pants and just trying to find the lightest shirts Mm -hmm. have imaginable, right? So, look at my polos. I have some like western style button down shirts too. Some of those are really light. Mostly I bought the heavy duty ones because they're like, I wear them more in the wintertime, you know? So, yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Not time for flannel right now. That's what's not time for. (laughs) No. (laughs) I have a couple lightweight ones, but I wore one of them on Saturday because I went to a birthday party and like, it was hot, so I was like, this, <laughs> this shirt's light, I'm wearing it.
2: <laughs>
0: Oof. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been trying to keep all of our staff cool and like been rerouting and replanning a bunch of um visits and moving visits, you know, way earlier if we possibly can. Yeah. Um, so it's just uh it's it's <sighs> And we actually had one staff member who, who did not drink enough water and ended up getting pretty sick. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, like, really, like, you don't have to go out and just bake in the sun the entire time. It's okay to not do. Yeah.
1: Drink, hydrate, right? It's the best way to keep cool is to hydrate because you you're going to sweat. And the sweat evaporating from your body is what cools you down. So if you're not sweating, that's bad. Yes, <laughs> right. I think I drank uh
2: over two liters of water today. Sure, Does that work? Right,
1: my water bottle is one liter, so I think I drank a little over two liters of water today. Mm. Inside, <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, wow.
1: <laughs> Maybe just under. Maybe I didn't finish that second one. I remember, but yeah, somewhere around there.
2: You got to, you got to drink, right? Lots of water. <laughs> it's <was> too hot. <laughs> no good. No. <laughs> it is not. It is not.
0: Uh, so yeah, we're surviving the heat. Um not a whole lot other to report here, unfortunately. Um nice. it's just kind of been chunking along. Um yeah, no, it's been we've we've been uh just Hiring a bunch uh now. Um, we were talking to one of our one of our um someone else, and they were like, Oh, how many people do you have in your service area? And we were like, nine. And they were like, Do you feel like you're understaffed? And we were like, Yeah. And they were what like, you... they were like, Well, like, just remember, like, Christmas is coming. And I was like, I know, I really don't want to think about it. And they're like, You probably need like 16 people. And I was like, I don't, I can't like, <laughs> stop talking. <No>. Right. <laughs> I just, I just can't. And so we we were uh you know t- t- trying to talk to people about like, are you experiencing this? Like, are you experiencing this kind of high turnover? And <laughs> like nationally, the turnover rate across like all companies is somewhere around 30%, which is pretty high if over the last year. Yeah. Um, the people that we've been reaching out to, they've experienced like a hundred and thirty percent turnover. Yeah, like, like, holy like, cow. Like one person was like, Yeah, I hired. they had a team of like, they have like a team of 20 and they were hiring to fill open positions. They ended up hiring 12, but they lost 15. And like, it's like, there was almost a complete turnover of her entire company over the last year. And I was like, yeah, like that's kind of us (laughs) too. So, uh, it's just, it's a weird, weird labor force out there and trying to go like, always asking like, could anything we can do better, anything we can do better. Um, and then going, okay, well, if not that we're going to be, we don't ever want to be stubborn, right? And be like, no, our hiring practices are the best and nobody, and if you don't pass them, you're awful being, being mindful of going, um, we need to be adaptive to them and what their expectations are. And, um, You know, I see headlines all the time that say, uh, you know, 40% of uh, industry, you know, companies say, you know, the next generation isn't prepared for the workforce. And my brain kind of goes like, does that mean that 40% of the companies aren't prepared to work with the upcoming generation? Like, is that the problem? Because that could very well be the problem of you have, you know, while generations are both like fictitious and also very real at the same time. It's kind of funny how that is. Like, yeah, if you have some people, thing, it's like made up and like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, like some people like it, it's like, well, even if here's a funny thing of, of, um, even if there, there are truly no generational differences, like true scientifically provable generational differences, everybody believes that there are. So you have to work in that context. So it's <laughs> kind of like this alternate well, yeah, reality. But it's, yeah, that's
1: weird though, because not to go all John Paul Sartre on you here, but like if everybody believes that the differences exist, then they exist. Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. Like Fair. even Fair if they're sure. not real and they're, like you said, there's no empirical evidence to show that there is any sort of difference between a person that's 70 and a person that's 25. The fact that both of those people perceive there to be differences means yeah. that there's differences
0: <laughs> that's a good point okay fair yes yeah, so because that there, there there are these perceived differences that that create this reality like you have to ask yourself always ask yourself again I saw that headline and it just made me kind of sad because we have hired some amazing people across every generational spectrum and if you talk to other people, they're like, oh, like, no, like, Gen, Gen Zs are terrible. And and I can't understand Gen Xers and, you know, those millennials or whatever. And it's like, like, and now, you know, with, with um you know, with Alpha coming along the way, but like, like, I just, we've hired so amazing Gen Zers. And those are the ones that now everybody's complaining about being in the workforce, which is funny because everyone's complaining about millennials being in the workforce. And now millennials are hiring Gen Zers. And millennials are going, "Oh, yeah. those Gen Zers!" <laughs> and I'm like, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a lot of the company's fault for not like understanding the driving, motivating factors of that the people coming in.
1: Yeah, I think that's true, right? Like, I, I mean, it with the millennial people, right? I can only speak to that because that's, I guess, mathematically what I am I think I I like I fall at the very beginning of the millennial generation uh-huh. so I do really self-identify with a lot of Gen X ideas because I had a lot of older friends and a lot of older things right when I was a kid but like anyway that being said, Gen X in my heart a lot of times yep. but uh like you know a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of that stuff that they talk about sometimes on the internet is true right like our whole our whole child, we basically just lied to about things, right? Like, do you do if you do this, you'll be successful. Everyone does it. No one's successful. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna save the rainforest. Nope. We're gonna save the planet. Nope. We're, we had, like, Captain Planet was an actual cartoon, uh-huh. right? And Burn Gully exists, and we talked about all these things, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so important. We're gonna work hard to do this stuff, and we wanna have these values and we want to say things and everyone went nope that's dumb so like (laughs) what do you do after that right fine all the things that i think are really important everyone else thinks are dumb and they hate them and they won't let me do them so i quit right like that's the attitude that a lot of people adopt and it's yes the struggle right and it's that way with every generation after that right Because everybody, like, there are some perceived, like, values, right? Because, like, you kind of form these core values and things that you think are important and idealized when you're very young, right? You know? And so then you carry those forward. But then society changes around you and you just feel, like, stuck out there, right? And so when somebody else comes up with new ideas, you're like, uh... What do you mean? What happened to mine? (laughs) Where did (laughs) mine
2: go? So it's this very odd
1: like thing. And you're right, I think a lot of people become tone deaf to other people's like needs, right? Just because they don't understand where they're coming from. Because like when their values were created, like the needs of the newer generations didn't exist because like the world changes like so quickly, like every year it's like an exponential rate of like change, right? Our graph would ramp up very quickly moving to the right. Right. Like, so like your ideas and values and, and things get solidified in a very narrow band on that exponential curve. And so by the time the next people are up, theirs is like way over here and it's like very different and you have trouble sort of relating to that
3: because you
0: like missed a bunch of steps, right? Because you were still back over here. Oh, yeah. It's very much like I'm I'm staring at this from a couple different perspectives of like very much one right, like I have I have kids now coming up through uh uh you know school and it's like well I find myself being like, well, when I was in school, I was like, well, that doesn't mean anything these days. Like, That's that's not important. And then I panicked because I was like, oh, I haven't bought like a quote unquote school outfit. And I don't want to mention how long. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, I genuinely don't know any of those trends or any of those things. And that's sure. I haven't stayed up to date on that because I don't value it or think it's important. But it does mean that when I have to step back into it or when I am interviewing people, of of not immediately going like, well, they didn't dress as I expected, so therefore X, Y, Z. Or they're not doing what I expected. Then I have to check my expectations and go, are my expectations reasonable? But then even going like reasonable as opposed to like what or compared to what a relationship to what. And kind of having some of that background of, of just being hyper aware. And and ultimately it is a judgment call, but going, Well, if this is something that I can work with and you know everything else lines up, why not? And side note, Tim Curry in Fern Gully did not have to go that hard as Hexus whenever he was singing this song. Like that's true. I, I just you said you said that, and I immediately went to well, that whole that whole movie is just phenomenal, and I absolutely love it. And uh Makes me sad now to think that what didn't happen? Uh, I know, I know. See the episode Acid Rain for Warfern Billy, right? We guess Yes. <laughs> I have no clue. Like, my goodness.
1: <laughs> but yeah, right. If you think about it, if you think just like environmentally impact things, right? Just to go on that tangent for a minute. Like we had a lot of media that was focused on that because that was like a big concern, right? And then it just gone. Right. Where did Captain Planet go? Nobody knows, right? Disappear.
0: <laughs> well, as you mentioned, like acid rain even was a, fa- is a, is a fantastic, like my goodness, like that, that was, that was the, the destroyer of worlds and we were going to lose all of our monuments. Yeah. And, like, it was this, like this big thing of like call to attention. And and I'm sure some of that is because of the call to attention. A lot of these things, you know, were, we're <laughs> mitigated to some extent, but also <laughs> They were just dropped like a hot potato.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's another good example. Is like the ozone layer, right? Remember oh my the gosh! Ozone
2: layer, yes. Right.
1: So, so like this is an example of like this weird phenomenon where the news will only tell you like the bad stuff. Okay, and acid rains kind of it falls into the same category, right? Like there was the whole the ozone layer that was a problem. Okay, and then we signed a bunch of environmental treaties. And it got better. But like. They didn't tell you about the part where it got better.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nobody followed up.
1: Like they don't follow up and tell you the part about like how it's like slowly healing. And the hole is much smaller than it was in like 1992. And, you know, it's, you know, in maybe 30 years or so, it could completely reform. Um, But we have to keep monitoring these levels because, you know you know, not everybody agrees to climate treaties, right? Like, you know how that works. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, certain countries don't, like, oh, I didn't sign it, whatever, Rah, right? And so kind of can come back, but, like, it's a very long, slow, ongoing process, but, like, based on all of the action that was taken 30 years ago, it kind of is helping.
2: <laughs>
1: and so, exactly. like, the same thing with acid rain, like it was a, it was an extreme problem, and then like we did a bunch of stuff and we talked about emissions and we did things and it made it less. Are we going to follow up and tell you that it's less? No, we're just going. No, no.
2: <laughs> Have to imagine, like, oh no, what happened to that acid rain?
1: But that again goes back to like the follow-up problem because then like people don't like think it's real, right? They're like, oh, that was never that big a deal anyway. Like actually it was. Right? Actually, uh, it was a big problem. <laughs> it was. And it was real bad.
2: But now thirty years later, like,
1: you know, the kids are like, oh, that was so lame. You believed in acid rain? Like, yeah, because it was There and if you mess around it will come back (laughs) you'll have more acid rain again which you don't want don't want believe me yeah yeah (laughs) you don't want that
0: not good not the best so yeah it's trying to figure out like when i'm doing the onboarding when i'm doing the training and you know figuring out what people's needs wants desires are and it is a fine balance because like i was a world's worst employee like i never went to like it was kind of like whenever i was in in college i didn't go to any like i didn't have a lot of school spirit like i didn't do spirit days and i didn't do that stuff like i just wasn't i wasn't there for that aspect of it I know that many people are, and it's very important to people, and it, it 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 is part of the culture of those places. Same thing in the workplace. Um, when I was when I was working, of like, yeah, they had all sorts of gatherings and get-togethers, and and I didn't go to those a lot because that wasn't what I was there for. And I, I you know it was kind and I respected all of my coworkers and my boss, but I didn't really want to go to the picnic, so I did <laughs> So I get it whenever. Because all the coaching gurus and stuff are like, oh, the reason you've got so much turnover and blah, blah, blah is because you don't have you know, commonality and you don't have, uh, you're not doing face-to-face stuff and you're not doing buddy-buddy things and going out and hanging out and stuff. And it's like, but like I don't, like I don't want to do that. And so I can't be, I can't be sad or mad Of if we do that and nobody shows up. It's like, well, yeah, that's they're not looking to meet to our company to fill that void. So that's not important to them, and that's okay. But also, like, she just come for ice cream? Maybe like it's just free. But... <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> anyway, it's all topsy turvy. That's kind of our big thing right now, is um getting a couple people onboarded
0: and through the training process. Um and trying to just keep our foot mashed down to that to continue to bring pe- people in rapidly even if we don't necessarily have a place for them because we know in another 3 to 4 months we will
1: and I mean not even 3 to 4 months right 2 months probably
0: um yeah yeah right? probably the, yeah it's okay so i was thinking like towards the end of the, the year but it is no i mean starting around August. So yeah, it's August. So starting in November, yes, right. November. It'll be pretty much. Yep. That's when it'll start, right? So yeah, in two months, I you know uh, what we've kind of figured is is yes, we need to have not just our current capacity, but then like basically doubled it, like or halved again of what we're needing, and that doesn't not sound fun. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Or also, actually, you got to think about two... Which, which labor day is only in like
0: a couple oh, of weeks don't, right don't shh, don't so don't, don't a, even don't even, don't to even talk to that. me about labor day cuz it's sure. going to be an absolute nightmare but anyway. I mean, it always is cuz that's another that's another
1: holiday that's like not real right i yeah. don't think about labor day as being like i'm going to make a big trip and travel like kind of my problem with the 4th of july right i don't think the 4th of july is like a real travel holiday like just hang out and eat hot dogs and watch fireworks. That's what you do. Labor Day is like, you don't go to work. <laughs> Done. <Yeah. laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> so uh, like, <laughs> except for ironically, when I used to work in the factory, we definitely worked Labor Day. So like, that's funny. But like, you like, it, I don't think about like, oh my gosh, it's Labor Day weekend. I'm going to go on a big trip somewhere. Like, what? What? what, Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? So, I mean, yeah, even, even then, like, People just do it on the weirdest times. Maybe, who knows, Colin, maybe Halloween is a secret travel holiday that I didn't know about oh. and everyone's going to be gone oh.
0: <laughs> for Halloween. Okay, I can't, I can, can resoundingly say after 11 years of doing this that uh, Halloween is not uh, one, but, yeah. but, except for the people who go, well, I want to go, let's go. Here's, here's what does come up. Halloween is kind of close enough to Thanksgiving. Let's go spend Halloween at Grandma and Grandpa's since we can't see them for Thanksgiving this year. That actually Uh, has happened. That has happened.
1: I mean, you know, it's officially fall in the middle of Halloween, right? So there's that.
0: (coughs) Weirdly, as it stands right now, this coming weekend is way more crazy than our Labor Day weekend. I'm just looking at some... What? Well, I mean, showing. for now, Labor Day is for still now. Yes. Way. Yes. Yes. This is where, like, we're frantically like pumping out emails and newsletters and social media. Like, please, for the love of everything, like, you've got to do this. You must book as early as possible. And, you know, people won't. That's fine. Of
1: course not. <laughs> they will.
0: <won't. laughs> but then, you know what? They won't get their pet. It, set. <laughs> they won't. And and you know what it's like, man, it's t- it's it is hard to know of like I understand emergencies come up. Like we we just were t- just yesterday taking care of a client and she was traveling to see her dad and he ended up passing away while she was out over there and she mm. had to suddenly extend for another week. And it was like I understand that kind of thing. And emergencies happen. But when people go oh yeah, I'm going away on a two-week vacation. Can I? And it's like, tomorrow, is that okay? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm so angry at you right now. (laughs) So angry.
2: Oh, yes. Fun times. That's insane to me. Like, first of all, as a
1: poor person, somebody just has like, like random disposable income to be like, you know what? I'm going on a trip for
0: three weeks right now. <laughs> See you later. Like, uh, yeah, dude, what? <laughs> don't even go, because I've done this before of, like, how much did you buy that plane ticket for? Like, how much oh, did you? like? I don't want to know the answer to that question. Know. It will upset me greatly. Yes.
1: Right? It will yeah. make my teacher salary cry. Like, that's a...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't want to know the answer to your question. <laughs>
0: It's not It's not fun. So, yeah, this weekend, seriously, like, every day, we've got basically 30-ish visits.
1: Good gravy.
0: Thursday through Monday. And then next Friday and Saturday, it's more like, oh, 23 and such. And you're like, whatever. Whatever. That's crazy. Who knew? <laughs> yes. Speaking of <laughs> journeys, I- oh, oh, ah! Hold on, you muted. Oh no! Ah, what happened? Oh no! You- <laughs> Am I back? Hi. Okay.
1: <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, no. I couldn't even <laughs> read that. There was so many pop-ups. It was like
0: press Alt A. It's
3: like what? <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry. I went I went I can't laugh like this it hurts I went to grab the window to move zoom so I can make room to see this document it, it just muted you and then I couldn't unmute you I could only ask to unmute I was like that is the most unhelpful button why I,
1: why on earth would it say this is this is a design fail? Zoom. I don't know what you're doing here, but the fact that you muted me and then you could only ask to unmute me is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Like right? I didn't mute myself, right? And you can't be like, "Oh, please unmute," because you <laughs> muted. No, you did it, and then couldn't undo it. That was ridiculous. So I, I couldn't even read the first one. It was like some weird thing about pressing Alt A, which doesn't make. <laughs> Why would you? What is that key mind? <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, something else was on there. And then a third pop-up would just said unmute <laughs> in blue, and I was like, I, yes,
0: <laughs> I guess I don't know what's That's happening. I so, <laughs> was frantically because it, it was like the mute button is first off. Okay, as much as Zoom is used, I'm surprised this isn't better, but like I hover over your name and it says the mute button and the more button are the exact same size. Okay. So if I hit more, it does all sorts of things of like rename, make co host, allow to record, multi pin, put in waiting room, remove, report, chat, ask to video. Uh-huh. If, I, but if you hit the mute button, all of those more things stay the same, and the mute button just turns to ask to unmute. <laughs> that is very unhelpful. <laughs> it's like, it's like no, but I actually didn't really did that.
2: <laughs> what is this design what Why oh.
1: would you do that? If you're the host, you should be able to mute and unmute people at will. This is right? what I would think but that no. makes the most sense. but
2: who knows right um. Anyway,
0: speaking of at will.
1: Actually that does, that's not a very good segue.
2: It's very
0: um good. I'm just gonna say back to my amazing <laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. There you go. Uh we come at last to the end. Right? We are on the final chapters of The Hobbit, right? Uh and so we are we're we're at the end here, right? The chapter, what is this? 18? Yeah. And, uh, the return journey. Okay. Now we need to talk about the cop out. That is the end of this book.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so <laughs> in, right, in between chapter, what was it, 17 and 18. Yes. There's a bit of, of, of hand waviness to this. Cause last we were with our adventurer, um, uh, Bilbo was crying out for the Eagles um, And he fell with a crash from a rock that was being thrown and yeah. knew no more.
1: And so basically, what happens is Bilbo gets knocked out and misses the whole fight.
2: Both <laughs> random. Like, what is this?
1: Tolkien so just like, oh, yeah, we need to end this somehow. Anyway, uh, it's right. over. Like, what?
0: <laughs> what? It really feels like he was like I'm not going over 20 chapters. Like there's no way I'm going over 20 chapters. <laughs> and like it, it, to to put this up in comparison against the rest of the chapters, where we are like again thinking back to the laborious nature of we of like we thinking heard, back to several days past as definitely. they sat in a cave and of nothing happening. And and then contrast that with the extreme detail of like Bayorn's place and like how much this stuff. And this is just like, well, anyway, um, here he is. And someone's going to, now we do get a little bit of, um, well, as you know, Bob, uh, <laughs> kind of exposition done here to Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. He
1: gets like filled in by Gandalf or was it, Gandalf? it was just, like randomly when he's back at the thing, but hold on. First of all, Bilbo gets knocked out. Ironically, wearing the ring, so yes. he's invisible. <laughs> which is which it's a great plan to be knocked out and not being able to be found. Because people are looking for him. Yes. Right. Uh you know, that's kind of what happens when he wakes up is he hears
2: somebody like yelling. Um and he uh is like, oh, so they they've actually been out looking for him for a long time. <laughs>
0: But he's been knocked out upon this hill. Yeah, poor planning on his part. What happens if you're invisible and you're injured, right? (laughs) Yeah, apparently you
1: lay on the hill for many hours.
2: Many hours, yes.
1: But, excuse me, we find out that uh, he is needed, right? So they usher him down to Dale, right? Where Gandalf is there. Uh, Gandalf is even lightly wounded, right? Um, But it turns out uh, Thorin is dying, right? Whoops, Daisy. What happened to Thorin? You don't get to know, sucker. It's just like, yep, he's almost dead now. (laughs) Here you are. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) Tolkien, what are you doing, man? Come on. (laughs) Uh, But we do get uh, the completion again Tolkien is big redemption guy. Right? Yes. Big redemption arc. Every character gets a redemption arc. Uh and so Thorin <clears throat> gets to talk to Bilbo before he dies, right? He gets to basically apologize and say like, mm-hmm. "Yep. I did wrong by you, Bilbo. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize and I wish to part as friends." Right? And so <clears throat> Bilbo, you know, accepts this apology, but Um, It's this very tender moment where, you know, he like Thorin has come full circle and he realizes that he was under the influence of, you know, dragon sickness or whatever. And he realizes that Bilbo was very true and Bilbo sacrificed a lot for him and that he treated him very badly. Um, And so he gets to have this redemption of apologizing to Bilbo before he dies, which is very nice, right?
0: Well, yeah. And, uh, Thorin has this phrase of if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. And you think back to all of those moments, back through all of this journey of where does Bilbo's mind keep going back? Right. His home, food, being with friends. Like that's all literally all he's thinking about. Yeah. Even while he's on this adventure doing helping agreeing to do this stuff his mind and priorities are back on these these simpler things and to know that here at the end thorns truly recognizes that and i'm sure you know along the journey has chided bilbo or you know laughed at you know his his homeliness uh in 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 some ways is now like like you said realizing the the impact that his greed, the the gold lust, the the dragon's gold had on on him as a person.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <clears throat> so you kind of get it wrapped up here a little bit,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Which is nice, right? Again, Thorin gets redeemed at the end. He came out of the mountain. He came out to fight off the host. He you know acted like a king, yep. and now his final act is humbling himself before Bilbo, which is very interesting, right? The most you know just a hobbit right that's the other theme in lot tokens work right the small really make a big difference right and that's
2: really what bilbo did here for all of the dwarves
1: you know um and then we kind of move on here bilbo's very sad he's grieving um and he gets kind of filled in on uh what happened before (laughs) what happened while he was laying out in the middle of a field right Mm -hmm. on the hillside. so you get the Cliff Notes version of the battle, which, again, very weird. Like you said, it felt like Tolkien was like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to. <laughs> right. Let me write the Silmarillion. Just like, here we go, publishers. Flipping
0: <laughs> quickly. flipping. <laughs>
1: That's what it feels like. It's weird. You get the, like the Cliff Notes version. They're like, because they're sort of telling Bilbo what happened, you know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, the eagles came. They crashed and thwarted and scattered the goblins and not just the eagles but bayorn shows up himself and, uh yes bayorn did de- 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 defeats all right <laughs> like bayorn goes yes. crazy
2: and uh, just yes. terrorizes this, the goblins
0: this is very much a like um a sudden realization of you do i like you didn't really know or still don't know like what what's going on with Bayorn? Like what what is? Cuz like even all of the eagles were having trouble and then like he shows up and it does mention that he's grown to gigantic size because of his wrath and rage, but also like what really is it it it, it in my mind peaks of like okay, like there really is something special or something very very unique about Bayorn and I I wish, you know, we knew more about it here given his Role in truly turning the tides of of literally just one person, bear yeah. person. Well, one giant bear person. Yeah,
1: it's like it's not just any person. A shape shifting bear person, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he like completely destroys the bodyguard. This unnamed bodyguard of Bolg gets just yes. like chomped by Bayorn, chomped Bolg himself, right? Fell on the goblins, uh, and they, you know, were defeated and fled, right? Bayorn before Bayorn's wrath, right, right. Um, and so the, you know, then the elves kind of followed some off, and the eagles kind of left and you know, picked off some goblins on the way out. It's like, oh, there's another one. Uh mm-hmm. you know, and they got it from there. Um but we do get a small hint here that. Uh, you know, Thorin was wounded in battle, and Bayorn sort of picked him up, took him out, and then came back in to you know fight in his where he was, right? Which is interesting, right? Based on uh, you know, Thorin must have made a big impression on Bayorn because Bayorn, not a fan of dwarves, right? Nope. You know, um, and so he didn't really like the dwarves, he didn't really uh care, you know, he was very aloof with them. Uh, But he does come to their aid and he even so much as he takes Thorin from the field of battle uh, when he's injured,
0: you know, mm-hmm. so uh, it goes Thorin, out to say specifically, Beorin stooped and lifted Thorin. And I don't know who, how many, like it also, the, um, the, the stooping related, I don't know if this was, but like for Thorin, the, the king, almost like uh, this, this bowing, this uh, posture of, of, um, you know he's stooping to help but it's also this kind of bowing getting down low for somebody yeah. um, so it's, it's it's interesting yeah exactly what's what's going on there yeah
1: there's like a reverential context to yes. stooping right a little bit right yeah. you think about it because I mean not only do you have to literally lean down because Bayorn is enormous um, but also the kneeling low before the king right which mm. is an interesting kind of double read on that um, and so they kind of move on and it's like a they're gonna bury Thorin in the mountain. Uh, they Bard returns the Arkenstone, buries him with the Arkenstone. Uh, the Elf King returns ochrist the sword that he got from the goblins. Right, he returns that to Thorin, mm-hmm. and they bury that with Thorin. Right. Um, <clears throat> and we learn that um, <coughs> Dane, who is the c- cousin, right. A Thorin uh, is going to be the king under the mountain now, right? And we, we just, it just sort of goes talking here, and then it's also like, oh yeah, Feely and Keeley died too. Um, and you're just like,
2: wait, what? what?
1: <laughs> yep. Had <laughs> fallen defending him. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, anyway, they're also dead. Um, <laughs> Like,
3: what is that?
2: That little cliff note. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, they're there's only ten doors now. Uh, Feli and Kili died too. Anyway, moving on. Um, we <laughs> so ridiculous.
1: It's so just like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get kind of like a rundown of what happens to some of the treasure. Here. Divvying
0: up. Here's the legalese, right? Yeah, <laughs> we get
1: the... Di- yeah, we didn't... Feeling and Keeley didn't get a death scene, but we get the divvying up among the treasure to all the parties involved. That's real important, right? Ugh.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like,
1: Uh, But some goes to the master of Lake Town and uh, the Elf King gets a little bit here and Bard and the men get some and, you know, all this. And they give Bilbo a little bit and, you know, they're like, "Um, you know, we're not going to give you the whole thing because we have a lot more people to share it with. And Bilbo's response is actually like, "Uh, that's good because I didn't really know what I was going to do with it or how in the world I was going to get it home anyway. So that's fine with me. I'm good. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so I I have got. I, how on earth should I have got all that treasure home without war and murder along the way? Like again, just like very very practical and like also very like yeah. How would you transport that much without people finding out about it? Yeah, uh, in
1: that far because it's not close by. Right, we we had the months to get here, and then getting all that home would be terrible. Uh, and it even skipping ahead slightly. It even makes reference later on that. The two little boxes that he had, the horses don't like carrying it because it's too heavy. <laughs> it's too heavy, yes. would It yes. would, would not do at all to get out. Right. <laughs> but then we get the we get the goodbyes because Bilbo's he's ready to go. He's like I uh-huh. am done. Right. So we get some nice goodbyes with the crew here. Um, we get some more wonderful
0: dwarven compliments i like may your beard never grow thin <laughs> again these are great these need to be introduced it. into our modern day lexicon more definitely
1: right but may your beards never grow thin um he says farewell to the to the dead right to thorn and Fili and killy um and you know they're they're the dwarves aren't really very eloquent at this kind of thing right no um it's interesting here the juxtaposition between Balin's last words to Bilbo and Bilbo's last words to him and the dwarves, right? Mm-hmm. I found this interesting because Balin says, If you visit us again when our halls are made fair once more, then the feast shall indeed be splendid, right? We're going to really wow you with the hospitality and wealth of the dwarves. Yeah. Right. And Bilbo says, If you're passing my way,
2: don't bother to knock. T is at four.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And just like, yes, just come on in. It's all good. Like, I don't have any grandeur or splendor, but I will offer you my home, Mm -hmm. which is the most important thing to me. Right. So you are welcome in my home anytime you want. It's just a very interesting, like, they're both saying the same thing, but there's very different context to how they're saying it to each other. Right. Yes. Yeah. I find that
2: interplay very interesting.
1: Uh and then he just leaves, right? They leave. They marched with the dwarves for a long time or the and, elves. And Bayorn. And Bayorn, right? <clears throat> and uh that kind of makes people feel good. It's like, ah,
2: yes. Hmm.
1: All right. This is uh, nice. they go a long way. They are able to go like around the the north road, around kind of the Mir- Mirkwood. right? Yeah. Instead of going back through the forest road
0: they're like yeah, yeah, we're gonna go around the top so they go up, which i uh, love because again they're with the elves they're with beorn and gandalf and they're like no no not Merkwood. actually let's go <laughs> through yeah like, actually I'd rather not quite enough excitement let's just <laughs> not go there i just it makes me laugh thinking of like all these people and you're like oh wow, like, Mirkwood really is not something to be messed with.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is bad, because the elves who live there are like, yeah, we'll go around. We do
0: be fine. <laughs> oh, and I love this part where Bilbo is, uh, you know, they're parting ways between the elf king and Gandalf, the elf king and Bilbo, and Bilbo offers him this gift, and the <laughs> the king's like, why are you giving this to me? And basically, Bilbo's like, well, it's kind of in repayment for me stealing all of your things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just trying to say I'm
1: sorry. Yes, all the burglary and the jailbreak. Uh, here you go. <laughs> yep, he says, he's kind of speechless, right? He's like, uh, I- "Okay." I- yep, <laughs> calls him Bilbo the Magnificent. Yes, Elf friend and blessed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> so, and then they they part ways there. They kind of continue along. They they still was hardships, but it's like yeah, it was a little rough. The going was tough, but they kept going. Anyway, uh, they went with Bayorn all the way back to Bayorn's house,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and
1: then they took the high road over the mountains back to Rivendell. Right, that's kind of their path. They're kind of just reverse ordering their path. Um, we get a little bit of wrap up here about, um, you know, Bayorn becoming like a. Important person and stuff here, and it's like all safer because Bayorn becomes like a chief, right? And, and
0: of the bears the, that then the, hunt out the last remaining bits of the goblins yeah. in the
1: mountains, right? Yeah, so the wild lands between the mountains and the murkwood become a bit safer because the goblins mm-hmm. are kind of run out by Bayorn. <laughs> uh, and they get up, and the, this chapter sort of ends with them. Um, they're standing, it's interesting, it's an interesting place to end the chapter, right? Uh, symbolically, because they're they're in the path of the Misty Mountains, right? They're on this this path up and over the Misty Mountains, and they're they're really on this divide where, if you look back to the east, you can just see the Lonely Mountain beyond the murkwood, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look west, you can see the Shire, right? So he's like right on this way. He can see everything and everywhere he's been in the last. Like year, basically,
0: because let's not forget this story takes place over a very long time. (laughs) Some days passed. Uh, There there was some time later, right? Like, (laughs) uh,
2: and so we get he's getting
1: to see. He's standing at this height, and he can see everywhere he's been, right? And it's very interesting because now, now that he's on the way back, the chapter ends with um, this little interesting (laughs) sentence here. The tookish part was getting very tired and the baggins daily getting stronger. (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) his like adventurous, boisterous side is done. It is tired and it is exhausted. But the baggins part, the part that likes sitting and tea and all that stuff, it's growing in strength because he's getting closer to home. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird duality of Bilbo, right? Which is also interesting because he's standing on a mountain gap and you can see the duality, right? Like the Tukish part is to the, to the east, to the adventure, to the mountain, and the Baggins part is pulling him to the west, back to home, back to hearth, right? So it's a, a lot of interesting little wrapping up here in a very interesting way.
0: Well, and the sentence right before that, I just I absolutely love this as well. Um when he's he like he said he's looking back towards home, he's looking back over to the mountain which now has its highest peak snow yet unmelted was gleaming pale. He says, "So comes snow after fire and even dragons have their ending." Like and then you pair that with his two halves, the Tukish and the Bagans, going there is this cyclical nature of coming and going like it is very much a um uh, a a repeat coming back onto itself, um, and now he's returning back to he's he's eager to turn back to his life, um, and that part of like and even dragons have their ending. Like I just because this entire time and in all folklore, dragons are this like insurmountable, long-lived, uh, like extremely powerful force, and this this note of hope of like. Even them, even them will come to an end at some time. And to those lucky few who get to see us like it is something. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> that was good. good. Right. <laughs> anyway Anyway,
1: uh the last stage. Uh, literally, literally, literally Literally Chapter nineteen, the last stage. Uh we're back in Rivendell again. Weird uh, singing elves. <laughs> Oh, so so, so much, much singing. So odd. I don't really know. Anyway, the elves are singing. Um uh and uh they get back and then Gandalf and Elrond are talking, and uh, Bilbo kind of overhears him and we get a little bit of where the world Gandalf went, right? You get like a little blip here of where did Gandalf go? Uh when it was gone from the fellowship, the company, sorry, the company of Thor. Yeah, fellowship is wrong fellowship book later. Wrong, wrong one. book, my bad. <coughs> Um yeah you get that he was in the Mirkwood dealing with uh some sort of necromancer driven the necromancer from his dark hold in the south of Mirkwood right so there was some other threat in the area at the same time and Gandalf went there and uh with some other people with um it just says here there had been a great council of the White Wizards, Master of Lore and Good Magic, and that they had at last driven the Necromancer from the dark hold of the South Mirkwood. So you don't really get a lot of context about what that means. <laughs> Who are these people? Uh-huh. What's going on? <laughs> what happened? Um, but, you know, that kind of makes sense with our, if Bilbo is narrating and writing all this, um, he just sort of overheard some snippets of conversation. So he doesn't really know either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope.
2: And Gandalf's like, yeah, it'll be fine now. Anyway, (laughs) Bilbo falls into the
3: corner. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I do like, so that you had this part, right? Gandalf was on some serious business. And then I do like this little next part here where these darn elves are just singing so much that Bilbo wakes up and he's like, why oh. are you still singing?
0: What yes. time is it? Yeah. No, what no by what time by the moon is this specifically? Because yeah. yes, he's very much like calling out again, like, it's very late. <laughs> Your like, lullaby why? would have wakened okay. a drunken coplin. Yes, I thank you. Cause he still can't help himself, because he loves elf singing, but also at the same time he's very tired. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just want to sleep. I've been so
1: far. And they make fun of him a little bit. They retort back like, yeah, well, your snores would wake a stone dragon. And yet we say thank you, right? Um, And so he's just like, fine, whatever, I'm going back to bed. And he sleeps till late morning. Uh, But this long, although, albeit slightly interrupted sleep in the house of Elrond uh, does help to rejuvenate him, right? The elven magic is seeping in and sort of rejuvenating him and helping him uh, convalesce a little bit here. Interestingly Mm -hmm. we don't know this yet right but like the parallels here are interesting to what will happen in spoilers for Lord of the Rings incoming as if there hasn't been enough of those already Um, but anytime people are convalescing and healing and trying to get better they're in Rivendell yeah right so this Elrond and the the House of Elrond and the what's going on in the elf magic of Rivendell does seem to be a very healing place, yes. right? Even if there is too much singing happening in the Hobbit. Here um, we get it is fine. We get a little glimpse that Elrond is is kind of known for healing, right? And this kind of thing and and people go. This is where a lot of you know Frodo wakes up here more than once in the Lord of the Rings. Mending time. mending mending, right? So uh we get kind of a little sneak peek of that here as well. Um and then
2: basically they're just like, all right, let's go. And it's just
1: the last the last bit here is just sort of like, yep. It's a different season because it kind of just kind of giving you how long they've been gone because it talks about like, you know, now it's the different time of year. So the the rivers are different and the terrain is different. And you know, there's more water because of the flooding in the summer and all this stuff. So you get really a scope. It's not really until this point where you get a scope of how long it's been since he's been at home. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Right. That's what this little part is. It, It seems kind of weird, but really what it's talking about is it's kind of letting you know how long he's been gone. Right. That's,
2: interesting right it's an it's interesting way to talk about that
0: it is um, it giving you these these context clues of exactly, yeah, just because you that gets lost track of, and it is it is now setting a, again these reminders of, yeah, remember these these points that we keep talking about of yeah, we've talked about fall and we've talked about winter and now we're talking about. Springtime and this coming and now summer, like it. It really is this. Oh, right. Like it, but if you don't pay attention to that, you do lose track of exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, and he's been gone so long
1: that when he finally does get back to the Shire and Hobbiton, uh, he comes back in the middle of an estate sale. whose uh, whose yes.
0: who's estate sale, you may ask? His, his. And as 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 uh, as is quoted here, if he was surprised, they were more surprised still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because
1: they basically just figured he was dead because he's been gone for like a year and a half. It turns out, <laughs> yeah. been a so, bit, something uh, like that, right? Um, and he, they, they've been auctioning all his stuff, so he actually has to use some of his dragon gold to buy back his own stuff from people. And I love, again, this, this, um, oh, and sorry, he did stop on the way and get the the gold from the trolls that they kept in the cave. right well, uh, yes, to which, to To which which the ponies were not happy.
0: (laughs) To which Gandalf says, you may have more need than you expect. And you're like, what could that possibly be? Yeah, little foreshadowing, Gandalf, you little sneaky guy. What is that? Yes, yes. And, and I will say, um, yes, uh, Here's where it says, um, I love how it takes, makes a point. Cause you know, again, Bilbo is writing this of, of um, it just says, uh, it was still nearly lunchtime and most of the things had already been sold for various prices from next to nothing to old songs. As is not unusual at auctions. Yeah. <laughs> <As> is- <laughs> you can tell how peeved he is. Not just at the fact that things were being sold, but for how little they were being sold.
1: Yeah. He's like, what do you mean my favorite thing was sold for no dollars? That's <laughs> offensive. It, more insulting to him. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? And I, I also like, in short, Bilbo was presumed dead. And not everybody that said so was sorry to find that presumption wrong. Yes. <laughs> like, wow.
2: Right? It's so rude. And and then
1: we get this weird, like, just, we make a point to notice that he never did find out where his spoons went. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And he suspected the Sackville Bagginses of stealing his silverware.
0: (laughs) Oh, and they were never, and they were not on friendly terms with Bilbo ever after. Like, oh. And then it says, they had really wanted to live in his nice hobbit hole very very much. Yeah. he's mad they took his spoons they're mad that he's still alive you know it kind of works out and
1: it is interesting like the next part right indeed bilbo found that he had lost more than spoons he had lost his reputation Mm -hmm. right he's now a troublemaker for even though he is now earned the title of elf friend and the honor of the dwarves and wizards and all such folk he was no longer quite respectable to hobbits (laughs) (laughs) yes I mean and you know uh, it goes on to say uh, I am sorry to say that he did not mind he was quite content at the sound of the kettle on his hearth was ever after more musical than it had been in those quiet days before the unexpected party (laughs) so he's like ah they're gonna leave
0: me alone nice Nice. (laughs) well and, and just how much of a change has come over him of of this, you know, and, and uh, Gandalf comments of that of like like you're not the same as you were when you left, and really just this idea of of him truly experiencing the world for that respect. Yes, losing, res- losing. He he didn't lose respect. He lost his desire for the respect of others right? because yeah. of because of what had happened, and the contentedness that he has now, and and to now think of just how how he can sit at home fully comfortable with what people think of him, where before he was worried about what would be happening and who he would be seen with and, and all of that nature. Um, and just how more at home he truly is, not just in his home, but with himself. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And so he's like, yeah, all right. Sounds good. So
1: he sits down, uh, you know, one autumn evening, so Some more time passes. Yes. Some time later. (laughs) Uh, Where Bilbo is writing his memoirs, uh, There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it got a rework. You know, got a title, you know, Just There and Back Again, right? Um, But, you know, the book that we're reading right now. What? What? That's really a weird theme for the two books that we've picked. They've both turned out to be secret memoirs. Right, because if we remember, the Outsiders is actually Pony's high school paper that he's writing about yeah. himself. He's turning about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the Hobbit is actually Bilbo's memoir about his own journey to with the dwarf. <laughs> what an interesting theme we've stumbled oh, upon
0: here. This is interesting. I wonder if we can go for a three for for next We're gonna year. We're going to have to mm. now. This is mm. how
1: it's going to work, right?
0: Secret mm. memoir book. Secret memoir book club. Okay, I like it. Down. <laughs> Uh
1: but um he does hear a knock at the door and my stars it's Gandalf and ballin <laughs> like what Yeah <laughs> yes and they did popping by for a visit ballin was like yeah i guess so we'll show up for tea time right that mm-hmm. sounds great <laughs> um <laughs> and he just kind of Get Phil's Bilbo in over tea about what's been going on, right? You know, uh things are going good at the mountain. Um Bard has rebuilt Dale and is doing stuff in Dale. Um Lake Town is doing good. There's lots of trade and fruit and feasting and excitementness, right? Um the old master of Lake Town, though, met a very bad end, right? After Bard gave him the gold, turns out the master was also susceptible to dragon sickness. And um, he tried to flee with the gold and died somewhere. (laughs) Died somewhere in the waste. In the waste. Deserted by his companion. Um, But the Balin's like, but the new guy's pretty good.
0: So that's good, right? (laughs) They're writing songs about him. That's very nice. (laughs) Oh, and then... Then, this little in part is kind oh, of interesting, right? So good. Yeah, go ahead. You can say. Oh, no, I was going to say Bilbo is just caught up in this. And he says, uh, yeah, those those old songs, those old prophecies, man, those those came out to be true. That's, that's crazy. And Gandalf was like, of course. And why should they not prove true? Why Why wouldn't they? You
2: yourself had a hand in making them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But he does sort of mention, like, do you, after all that adventures, uh, do you think that was all mere luck? Yeah. Just for your sole benefit? You are a very fine person, Mr. Baggins, and I'm very fond of you, but you are only quite a small little fellow in the wide world. Right? Saying, yeah, these things did come true, but it wasn't just, you know, it was for you, and all of these other people benefited as well. Mm -hmm. Right? So you get little, it's kind of this vague thing, right, of like, you don't really know what Gandalf's talking about because you can read it as, like, you know, it wasn't just for, you know, he's maybe he's just saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, this wasn't just luck, you know, you had a hand in helping all these people, but it's also kind of, like, you don't think that that's just luck because some of these prophecies are, like, real and magical, right? It's kind of vague where he leaves it here, right? Like, Like, this was either some sort of,
2: like, grand design, or,
1: like, he just means, yeah, a lot of people had a hand in doing this. You don't really, it's not very clear, right? Is he referring to the will of Iluvatar, right? The creator of Middle-earth? He's, like, the supreme deity, right? Is he talking about that? Or is he just sort of mentioning that everybody worked
0: together to make this happen? Right. Well, <laughs> well and another another part too it's it's a little interesting because it is it's meant as kind of a backhanded compliment to to Bilbo or in some way here because he, when he says you know you're a very fine person you're really nice Bilbo but you're only one person only in this one little person and this all meaning like Bilbo do you think you were the the main character of this like do you think this was all about you um, and, and the the answer obviously is the, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't all about him. It was not all for his benefit. There were many other things that were, came about. And we read about those through all of these things, which Bilbo may or may not know about, but, you know, like, um, you know, Bayorn and the, the, becoming the, the chief and the goblins disappearing and the Lake town prospering and, and all these things coming a long yeah, Dale and rebuilding of, and Dan driving yeah, like, under the mountain. Yeah. It was like, do you really think this was just about you becoming a burglar? Like, no, like there's a lot more going on here that was and you were part of that. Like you said, like is this a bigger picture orchestrated kind of thing? Um, I think most people would probably say yes. But um there is also this it, it is ambiguous at this. And and Bilbo's response is, Thank goodness. Right. And he goes to smokes his tobacco jar because he's like, ah, yeah, yes. So we're, we're left to to wonder, like, does Bilbo really get that? Does he really understand what happened in this context? Um, or is he reading it just more plainly and going, yeah, no, it was uh, glad, glad it wasn't just me. Woo, anyway, have a smoke. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I think part of him's like, well, it doesn't matter anyway because I'm home and everything's fine, apparently. So let's just be done. Right. Like, <laughs> But he could also be alluded to the fact that, you know, you are just one person and he's, He could be thinking about all of his friends and companions he made along the way. right? And being like, huh, yeah, I am just one out of many. And we all work together to accomplish this. Because I couldn't have done it by myself. Because I am just a hobbit, right? So it Mm -hmm. it's interesting. It's a very nice, kind of quaint, happy ending. But it's also kind of like aloof a little bit. It's very open to several interpretations, I think. Oh, yeah. Which makes it kind of interesting. But it's it's interesting in that like it's also it's like you said, it's alluding to a lot more things, which is what, uh, you know, makes Tolkien's work so interesting because there is such a big wide world outside of Middle Earth. And there you just get alluded to like so many different things (laughs) all the time. (laughs) It's like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Why did that happen? Right. Uh, But there is explanations out there.
2: Mm-hmm. For someone to find. Right. But since Bilbo is writing this, he doesn't know them. Yep. Nope. Right? <laughs> so boom. We did there it. We, go. we did it. We finished.
0: We did it. We did it. Uh yeah. I mean, your uh I mean fi- final takes, um, overall thoughts. I mean overall
1: thoughts, obviously I like it, right? Uh I like it. It's just, there are some parts that are frustrating That when all the parts are like, anyway,
2: sometime later <laughs> that some of
1: that gets kind of like annoying. Right. Um, and the pacing can be weird. Right. But I think overall the story and like the theme of the story and like all the characters are really not all the characters. Right. Cause you most, there's like, there are all these dwarves and they're just sort of ancillary. They're just sort of like over there. And, yes, you know you you don't really get any like us. You don't get really
2: a sense of who they are, except for like Bomber is fat,
1: Billy and Killie are young and yeah. dead later. That's it. That's all you get. That's all the yeah. dwarf characters development you get. Right? Mm-hmm. Balin is the nice one, right? Thorin is very regal and kingly, and then he succumbs to weakness. Thorin has a big arc. But then, like, the rest of them, like, Oin and Gloin, like, what do they do? Biffer and Bomber. They're there. Yeah, for, yeah, right, like, yeah.
2: Biffer, Bomber, Dwallin, right? Like,
1: they're there, too. Yep. <laughs> Nori, Dory, and Ori. Gloin.
0: They Goin. exist, right? Like... <laughs> yes. They are also ands. Right? They're also like, ands, right? And I do... So, there, there are decisions like that along the way that I do it would be very interesting to find out like why there was the in the sections where he decided to yada 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 of the like and then sometime later like what why was that the part that you wanted to and um you know and I guess that may take a deeper read of those parts. Um, maybe he didn't you know he truly considered them boring and unimportant I mean obviously because they're not there but like wh- how did he come to that, that decision how did he make that and then there are things too of like did we need 14 dwarfs like do we need all of them do we need that big party uh, it doesn't because in the end it doesn't do a whole lot other than that they're kind of this big family displaced on the hunt for a home And to uh, and reclaim their titles, Um, but there are there are interesting choices that were made throughout that where it's like it doesn't like it's not terrible and it doesn't really do anything to like diminish from the story, but it isn't an interesting choice to do that. Like like that's a lot of dwarves to to have in there.
1: Like it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of dwarves to have in there and then like not do anything. (laughs) Right. Right. Like some of them carry bomber. In Merkwood, That's their big action that they get. Right? The most. Like, Beely and Keely are the only ones that do stuff. They, like, throw a rope that one time. Because they're young. Yeah, because they're young. So they throw a rope. Man, those whippersnappers. Um,
2: And then they die. Wow. Cool. Right? So, like, I feel
1: like yeah, I I agree. Some of it just feels like there could, you could have written a little bit more, right, about some of the dwarves. And even if you had a couple scenes about like when they were sitting at a campfire, and some of the other dwarves could have talked, that would have taken up that much time.
2: No, yeah, it could just put here and there.
1: We could have got some character motivation or some background history, right? You know, now, right now, after this book, you don't know anything, right? The only slightly interesting thing about any of the other ones is, spoilers again, uh, Galoin ends up being Gimli's father. That's important for later, but like, (laughs) yes, you don't know that here, right? You don't know that now. (laughs) You so that, that's an important So, So, so Gloin is, is important in this story for having a son <laughs> that he never talks about. Yes, that's unknown at the time of this book. I mean, it's true. It might be. It probably is totally unknown at the time of this book. And I imagine that inclusion of Gimli, son of Gloin, in The Lord of the Rings was just kind of like a fun little like, hey, remember that guy? Remember exactly. No, remember. remember? But you should know that name. <clears throat> So it's interesting that, like, it's interesting that you would have, you know, Bilbo's nephew and, you know, Gloin's son. Coming back. Coming, meeting later, right? And doing that. So, that's interesting, right? So you get some descendants of this party meeting up later. Also, technically, Legolas is the Elf King's son, right? Yep. You never really get that drawn out like real to you but you get a lot of second generation <clears throat> meeting up uh, in about 50 so years <laughs> yeah, so come all back around no. so that's interesting I guess how some of that will tie in later but you know who knows how intentional that was during the writing of the Hobbit because that was not on his mind at the time he was just like oh yeah I've got this world I'll
0: just put this story
1: in there so
2: but yeah I, I like the book a lot there are some like it does when you read it it does feel like an old book
3: mm-hmm.
2: right but like in a good and a bad way right because it feels old in that this is like
1: the beginning of the like fantasy genre right? So you don't have all these annoying tropes already hammered out, and they're not, like, they don't have to be included, and they're not put in there, right? So you're, like, reading a bit of genre history, right? And it feels it feels like an old book, but it also feels, like, timeless at the same time. Which is also interesting, because Bilbo was supposed to have written this a very, very long time ago, right? <laughs> so that's kind of cool, I guess. This, like, meta-narrative of this book was written, long ago and then you know Tolkien translated it from the Elvish or whatever into the English right that whole like meta narrative about how the book is supposed to work is cool makes it feel old um, some of those parts can be forgiven when you do put into context that Bilbo is writing this right so from that context of why did he leave it out well maybe they were just walking for days and he was just like anyway That part was boring. Uh, It was. I don't remember that part because you know he started writing this like a year after he got back. So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't really remember what happened there. It must not have been very good. Some time passed, but I remember this part where (laughs) the dragon knocked the door down. So I'm talking about. So when you put it in the context of somebody writing this from memory, you know, starting over a year after some of the events happened, like. It makes sense, yeah. you know. But if you don't have that context, it can
2: be a little bit jolty, you know, like a little bit wonky sometimes.
1: But overall, I do like it. Um, but it did take some getting used to because it is so different from Tolkien's other writing styles, right? You know, and I because I've been reading like the Silmarillion and stuff, and so when you read this, it's like ah, what. <laughs> jarring but that's just a me context problem right Um, yeah that's my thoughts I like it it's a fun little journey right it's pretty simplistic by like modern standards but I think that's a good thing because you get one of the things about Tolkien is like one of the things that makes a lot of it like comfortable right and like uh, it's like very comforting and reassuring to read is like the hobbits are just so
2: I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here but like <clears throat> you know you
1: can relate to them so much and having that character and that group of people being your insert character into the story like really brings you in right okay. you know because like hobbits like to be at home I'm like oh me too like hobbits like to eat oh hey me too <laughs> You know, yeah. that's yes. kind of their shtick, right? And that having them be your window into the world and kind of going through your their eyes to see everything is a really nice way to bring you in because they're the most relatable character. Like, you don't relate to the elves, right? You don't relate to the dwarves, really. You relate to the hobbit, <clears throat> And having them bring you in and just be like this comfortable introduction to this kind of thing, um, I think is good, right? I like that part.
0: Mm-hmm. It it is it, it does take this crazy world that's so foreign to us and brings it right into something that we can immediately connect with because although we are not hobbits we do mm-hmm. see ourselves in that and especially in a character that is now out of place and out of familiarity with what in the world is going on like we talked about at the very beginning of here's Bilbo grappling with what is happening and being this, this stuff being thrust upon him just as we are in that moment of all these dwarves coming into his home. And we are now grappling and we're hearing names and all sorts of stuff. Um, He is our point person and his characteristics are also our characteristics and learning to, to know about those um, really makes it, like you said, like it is very simplistic. It is very um, as large scale as the ultimate problem is. And the total destruction that happens, it is a sequence of very small personal, like victories, battles, uh, things that are happening that that get us, um that make the story a lot more personal to us as well, as opposed to this. And, and like you're right, like as far as big story goes, it's not this big cosmic cataclysmic multi-dimensional thing that's happening around us. It's literally a guy kind of walking in a direction towards a mountain. Like it's <laughs> in that aspect. Like okay, like I I I understand that. That's true, right? And and also
1: the fact that, you know, Bilbo really is just like the an ultimate like good person, right? Like he just wants to be helpful. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's his big
2: motivation. That's it. Why is he going this big journey? To be helpful. Like that's it. That's there's no there's no nothing else. He's just being helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. It's this very simplistic read, but it's also like that, that is like the big theme, right? Of, of a lot of Tolkien stuff is like, it's the little person that makes the big difference. You know, in Bilbo's case, the literal little person, because he's a hobbit, right? But bit on the nose. We look at all of the stuff that he was able to help facilitate and change. The world is now a fundamentally different place because of what Bilbo did.
2: Hmm.
1: Right, and he didn't do you know his contributions to a lot of stuff weren't even like that huge. Sometimes, right? Like you know, some of them are bigger than others. Other times, he was just kind of also there and yes. still had an effect and played a part in the changing of the thing. So you know that theme of like you can make a difference just by showing up mm-hmm. is kind of a big deal, right? It's a very interesting. Yeah, it's a kind of important thing to think about, right? Like little, like little things make a big difference. Is a is a good, it's a good message,
0: right? It, it it is, and and knowing that it doesn't have to be overly complicated, just like Bilbo, like truly wasn't, like you said, like he, like this, this, this crystal clear clarity that he had about his purpose and where he was heading, allowed him to make those hard choices, um, allowed him to be in those places whose presence made a difference because of his character, because the quality of person that he was like that built up a lot of like a lot of respect from people. Like most of the respect that Bilbo gets along the way is not from slaying dragons. Um, Like yeah, sure. Like he gets his like sting on in the forest with the, with the, with the spiders. But a lot of the stuff is just him thinking through things or offering advice or like, you know, just, Speaking from his perspective, I guess, so to speak, he does have action stuff that that lend him um, the the respect that people give. But I, I it, it is interesting to also from from me thinking back about this of where does that respect generate from? A lot of it's just his his character consistency through each action that he does.
1: Yeah, I think consistency is a big thing because even when he is getting his sting on in the forest, like what is his motivation for doing that? He's trying to help his friends not be eaten by spiders. Yes. Right? He's just trying to help them out. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? He's just trying to help them. Right? He's just concerned about helping people. And he, you know, it just comes back to that all the time. And it's, you know, he's just a very selfless person, right? Because he is, he doesn't want to be home, but he isn't. You know, he is, he doesn't want to be in the middle of Mirkwood, but he is. Mm-hmm. so it's again i think it's a very british slant on it I'm like well we might as well make the best of it while we're here stiff upper lip and all that right and like just yeah <laughs> no, exactly yeah you know, exactly carry on <laughs> like <laughs> so that little spin is it, it's a very decidedly like british twist to that a little bit but that you know it's fundamentally that's just kind of what he's doing it's like well i'm here my friends need help i'm going to help them boom and there's not much more to it than that. And that's no. fine. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that is fine. And that's the, the other interesting message of the story. is like, that is okay. Right? That That is enough. Right? That's all you need to do. That's fine. That's enough. Boom.
2: <clears throat> so Yeah.
0: Well. On, uh... Yeah. I, I agree. It's a very good book. Um, lots to take from it. And, uh, I we'll be reading this one again for sure. Yeah. So it's on my list for the kid. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. Well, on that, on that, I think, I think we shall end. All uh, right. And, uh, go so survive the heat. The next couple of days,
1: give it a shot. That's <laughs> what I will do.
0: Add two scoops of ice. Yes. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. Love you. (laughs) Love you too.
1: Bye. Bye.